One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey guys, this is Gabby Douglas. If you have an active lifestyle like me, hydration is key. That's why I love the Hydration Watermelon Smoothie from Smoothie King. Blended with whole fruits, coconut water, and more electrolytes than some of the leading sports drinks. Hydration Watermelon is the cleaner way to hydrate with no artificial colors, flavors, or preservatives. So you can recover and perform at your peak ability during the summer heat. Order online or through the app for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. Dave Hanready and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 147 of the No Encore podcast, the premiere of season four. Craig Fitzpatrick. Woo, happy New Year. Happy New Year. Are we still doing that, are we? Two yeah, weeks into the year. Why not? Because I don't know, it's a bit it's When a bit is whatever. it supposed to stop? I, I feel like it's... Well, uh, now you're stopped being happy. Yeah, I feel like it's time to stop. Okay, okay. I'm going to try and blast through this preamble pretty fast because uh, there's <laughs> a lot... to kick off the year. <laughs> All right, we're just going to rush through this running order. No, I just want to say, okay, I want to say welcome back to everyone who's still listening to us and new listeners and so on and so forth. Hello, good to have your ears. My name is Dave Hanready. This is Craig Fitzpatrick. Uh, as Hello. we know from the last episodes of the show, if you haven't gone back and listened to our album and songs of 2018 countdown, do that. But if you missed them, you missed the big news that Cole Morrigan is dead and is no longer oh. on this <laughs> podcast uh, because he's moved on to a new life. He's very he's, much not dead. Yeah, he's dead to us. <laughs> yeah, so he's gone, unfortunately. he's He has work and wedding commitments and is no longer a full-time member of the show. And who knows when we'll get him on again. Yeah, he's I'm a gone. bit devastated. He's actually gone and it's, it's quite bittersweet. We're still friends. I've actually had people ask me, like, hey, come here, what really happened Oh, really? There? Yeah, people were like, you know, like, like, is everything all right? So I'm, we still have to go to his wedding. Yeah, we're going okay. to his wedding in June. I'm looking forward to that. Forbidden Fruit Week and a festival with a twist a wedding <laughs> uh, so yeah no no everything's good we're still friends he's still very much the same man that he was a few weeks ago <laughs> Jesus so same man, same man that he always that, will be uh, I want to say that uh, our other uh, member of the show who is still with us uh, is Dahi O'Droni but he's not here this week no, because he's he's, being, he's, he's being followed, held hostage 
in Sri Lanka. <laughs> he followed. He was so inspired by the MIA documentary of last year that he went to Sri Lanka. He's over there at the moment on a boys' tour and he's having a very good time by the looks things. He'll be back very soon, yeah. listener. Please don't worry about that. Uh, before we progress with the show today, I want to say a quick thank you to Nadina Regan who had me on her panel last night as part of first fortnight event, The Art of Anxiety. It was a very interesting panel discussions. Myself, Kathy Davey, author Siobhan Murray, and I have a tribe along with Nadine talking about anxiety and art and that kind of stuff. And I had a really great time. I felt very cathartic afterwards. I was very, very grateful to be there. It was a really warm room. Everyone who was there was very nice. Uh, it was kind of weird because everyone was like up close, like right in front of you. And I was like, Jesus Christ, this is this is anxiety inducing. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. Uh, but it was really good. And I got a lot from it. And first fortnight continues to do great things. So it was a real honor for me to be a part of that. Craig Fitzpatrick, yes. you weren't a part of our ending of your shows. I was not. The festive season claimed me. Last minute work commitments. Yeah. I couldn't uh, say goodbye to Colm. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you didn't too do hard. it. So you didn't do it. So uh, real quick, because again, we're going to move on uh, with the show. We have a back pack show this week, of course. Yes. What was your album of the year? For me, it was the year of King Push. It was Daytona. Okay. And what was your song of the year? King Push. If you know, you know. Really? Yeah, I a, think so. It was, it was that or it was at least, at least the sky's blue. Uh, Sean featuring okay. Area Pink, but yes, I think so. The Fair. top fives were both spectacular. Yeah, really enjoyed doing the episodes. It wasn't the greatest of years, maybe overall, no, but it was yeah, an okay it year. was you know, it was fine. Hopefully, 2019 will be better. I'm pumped though. I will say this: taking a couple weeks off the show has revitalized and refreshed yeah, me. I definitely. feel really excited for No Encore this year. A lot planned, big interviews to come, lots of stuff happening, and the very <laughs> first episode of this year, we brought in not one but two co-hosts, former co-hosts themselves. <laughs> They're back. We'll go first to Fanula Jones. Hi guys! I'm so excited to be here! (laughs) She's she's back along with Andrea Cleary! Get off the mat! That's right. Are you excited? I'm very excited and I'd like to wish you all a happy new year. Co host of the Neither Nine podcast. Yeah. That's me. But Niall went on holidays. He's still on holidays. (laughs) We thought, you know what we'll do? I would have just been sitting at home (laughs) talking to the wall about music. So it's good that somebody put a mic in front of me. So thank you very much for that, lads. Yeah, well, you're both very welcome back. Yes. Uh, After the show this evening, recording on a Thursday, we're all going to go and see the 1975. Uh, uh, I'm not. Craig's not going. Some of us are still friends with Zara Hederman and um, <laughs> respect her. <laughs> we will get we will, we'll get to Zara Hederman because she's actually in the music news this week for a change. Oh, true, so true. just talking about it, she's part of it. But first, Vanilla Jones, uh, did you go and see Christy Moore live? You bet I did. Oh my God. <laughs> um, yeah, I went, what day is it now? I went Tuesday evening um, after I passed my driving test. Congratulations. <laughs> Had to get that in. Um, it was just a tumultuous day like from start to finish, like just a day full of highs. We went, we went, we went for lunch and we and we went for lunch I mean <laughs> that's those. what I'm saying like it was just peak after peak after peak peak day um, yeah my boyfriend was like we get tickets to Christy Moore and I was like yeah alright it just seems like something you should probably go to once in your life and because he's Irish and all so Does we it? went but like we went and like the whole time I was there I felt like what I was watching wasn't for me like I was like I, I don't know I can't even describe it I had no idea what was going on at the Who time was it but still for? a great time People in regatta jackets right. and like lads and older lads, like every spectrum of lad was there. <laughs> Rob Carney was there. Um, one of th- another the lad. man, yeah, the ultimate lad. As, like, as if to illustrate. Yes. Yeah. No, I mean, it was very enjoyable. I don't really know what I was expecting, but it wasn't what I got. How far so. into the first song was it before he was like glistening with sweat? 
because just Tell I've you seen what, him on actually, TV and that man he needs a mop immediately I was really surprised and slightly disappointed because I really thought it'd be sweatier to be honest oh, like okay. I've definitely seen sweatier it wasn't only until about like halfway in where I was like there's a glisten I can see a glisten there when he so moves. it wasn't like Christina Aguilera dirty video from t- <laughs> no, no and I'm glad it wasn't which is what you want from Christy Morgan that's yeah. an image in my head yeah. that I'll never has, forgive you and we'll for. move on because that sounds right okay real quick good gig you enjoyed it yeah yes I did right. I would recommend like if you're up for a bit of crack, it's just, it's like a, it's less of a gig and more of a party or like a, a storytelling <laughs> session. Yeah, exactly. I, I think it's good. Bit of fun. Fair enough. Right on, Christy Moore. Now we'll move into the news. Uh, only one place to start this time out. It is, of course, our favourite thing in the world. The Choice Music Prize shortlist unveiled on Wednesday afternoon on 2FM by Tracy Clifford in conjunction with Choice Chairman Tony Clayton Lee. Now, Craig Fitzpatrick, I yes. managed to successfully predict eight out of the ten on the shortlist. What does that say Congratulations. about me? What does it say about the Choice Prize? You've been prize? in this game too long. <laughs> um, <laughs> Would you like to read the Choice Prize shortlist? Yeah, Craig? let's do it. Um, album, so, Irish album of last year, essentially, is what this is for anyone who doesn't yeah, know. Yeah, in alphabetical order, um, so no favourites yet. We'll save that for like a minute from now. The Academic <laughs> with Tales from the Backseat. De Laurentiis, True Surrender. Just Mustard with Wednesday. Kojak with Delhi Daydreams. Lisa O'Neill with Heard Along Gone Song. O Emperor with their final album, Jason. Reggie Snow, Dear Annie. Saint Sisters, Shape of Silence. Villagers, The Art of Pretending to Swim. And Wyvern Lingo's self-titled album. Okay, so we'll go to you for reaction first, Craig. What do you think of the list? I think it's a strong list. It's been a good year. For me, there's one real standout, and that's not a slight on any of the other um, entries. It's just, I think Villagers released a masterpiece, and that would be... I don't think there should be much of a discussion. I think they can wrap it up in about 10 minutes. That's what you said the other day, yeah. (laughs) It will no doubt go on for hours upon hours. No, there's some great stuff there, but Villagers for me was just a masterpiece. That's how it works. Dre, what do you make of it? I think it's one of the strongest lists that I've seen for a few years. Like, it's... Before it was released, I was like, it's Villagers for me. But then the more I think about it, I'm like, Kojak, Lisa O'Neill, O Emperor. Like, it's hard. I I, I wouldn't want to be... I wouldn't want it all to like rest on me to choose one, but um, I agree with Craig that uh, Villagers released uh, masterpiece is the best way to put it. Uh, so my vote would go there, but it's an incredibly strong list this year. I thought it was pretty predictable, but I mean that in the sense that it's a testament how strong the year was. Um, I'd be pretty annoyed if anyone bought Kojak takes this because it's probably one of the most affecting things I listened to all year. And after having seen him live and do it the way he does, it's just incredible. I was surprised Paddy Hanna was on it. Yeah, that was one of my predictions that didn't make it along with Spies. I thought at least one of them would have got in there on kind of an independent dark horse situation. And I'm, I'm, I feel for both those acts. I think they both wanted it. I think with regards to Paddy Hanna's album, I think it's quite, it's quite masterful storytelling. I think the lyrics are quite strong as well. And he really kind of offends something on it, offend himself on it, really, if that isn't too cliche. For Spies, that was, Constancy was kind of... It was so long awaited and I thought they managed to actually do justice to their vision while also kind of sidestepping some expectations. I mean, like it wasn't quite as gloomy as you might have thought from previous Spice releases. The production was quite bright and was quite daring in places. It's a really good pop album in places as well, too. So you feel for those acts. I mean, like recognition is huge uh, for every act on this list, no matter what standing you're at. Very happy to see Friends of the Show, De Laurentiis on there. I think True Surrender is yeah. mentioned album mm. that got quite overlooked for whatever reason. Uh, I would agree that Villagers is a standout for me. I can't argue too highly against Kojak, but I won't have to because I'm not in the room. 
Uh, not to pour cold water or rag on anybody, but there are definitely a couple on here that I wouldn't have personally. Yeah, um, I, rag on them. Well, I mean, like for me, the Reggie Snow album just did. It was pretty weak. It was yeah, a disappointment. I'm, yeah. I'm surprised to see it there. Um, to be honest, and I probably could have replaced it with something else. Yeah, I mean, like. He released an, uh, a non-album apparently the year before called The Moon and You, which is much better. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Dear Annie for me just didn't really coalesce. It was a bunch of skits that went nowhere and ultimately I felt that he was trying to be someone else and it didn't really work for me. As we said before, we like Reggie, we like his charisma and his mm-hmm. personality, but I felt the album let him down. Um, and for me, it's way too soon for Just Mustard. I just don't quite see it with this band yet. There's a lot of hype about them and fair enough. Like, you know, I caught them at Hard Working Class Heroes. I only saw a couple of songs. It's too early to tell, but like, I'm not... I'm not going to hold back and say like yeah like let's all fall in line I mean like when I watched them at Hard Work and Class Heroes John Barker turned to me and he goes what do you think and I said contrived that's what I said <laughs> but it fucking was I was like there's something here but it's just to me it was it was low rent my buddy Valentine it was low rent war paint I was like you know just because you're doing you know like fucking downturn guitar and like you know shoegazy stuff I'm sorry like I'm not going to elect you as like the future of rock and roll in this country along with the four other five other bands that we keep seeing being named in the same enemy in Time Out articles I'm a bit sick of it really yeah. I do think um, there's promise there though there's it, but it's, promise it, there. it is the kind of it's everything around there's the definitely band promise there the, the yeah. album for me is fine it's okay it sounds quite demo-y there's definitely a lot to this band I'm not, I don't mean to come down I'm not, I'm not punching down on them it's a great achievement for them it's excellent for them to be on this list a I think it's it's sort of it's worthy of a nomination but it ought not win no you know um, but it's it's fine that it's there what will win that's the question villagers yeah well villagers or or villagers. yeah I think like in terms of I think who I think will win I think it'll be villagers or Kojak yeah I think it'll be I'd find it pretty surprising if it was an everyone yeah. do we have that. to assess the panel <laughs> like, yeah no we'll get to the panel we'll get to the panel in a second I mean oh yeah because so, you know it obviously comes down completely to that and different yeah it does in a lot of ways and obviously. any bribes that yeah. are sent their oh, way of course yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, and Craig and I having done the choice prize before we know <laughs> and uploaded so your judges this year is uh, Louise Cantillion from 4FM Zara Hedeman friend of the show mm-hmm. writer for the Thin Air and the Irish Times in Tully Dublin Connor McCaffrey from the Daily Star Mike McGrath Bryan who writes with 909 he's a freelancer Danny McElhenney of and the Daily on, Mail. He's from Cork, which Colin pointed out to us is very brilliant. important to on, mention that yeah, representation yeah. is key. Dave. On the list in brackets is Cork, which yeah, is fantastic. I assume they meant like that he like does the, the yeah, specific of Cork. Of course, but it does but appear also, that he basically said, "Please put in that I'm from Cork." <laughs> and uh, who could blame him? Yeah, Danny McElhenney from the Daily Mail, Kathy Moorhead from Across the Line, um, Ed Smith from Today FM, Tara Stewart from Two FM. Dean Van Nguyen, a friend of the show, show yeah. uh, Irish Times, a freelancer, and Stephen White of The Last Mixtape. Very interesting list of judges as well. Uh, yeah, a lot of it comes down to personal preference, but having been in the room, I mean, did find opinions changing quite a bit. Some people are kind of steadfast. Uh, I think some people in that room will definitely have big favourites that they will absolutely want to win without at all costs. I hope that they will learn the value of group criticism. <laughs> yeah. Like, if in three hours' time, or like over the course of three hours, rather. Uh, and I guess the thing with Villagers is, to me, it's the standout album, but also it's not, it doesn't feel like a polarising one. Do you know what I mean? It feels like an album people will get around once their favourites have gone by the wayside a little. Yeah. I feel like the, the only thing that could be sort of said about Villagers is that it's the obvious choice and I feel like that's the only reason pe- people them. would really yeah. have to argue against it yeah. is that it is the obvious choice. Um, but... I don't know. I think it's the obvious choice for a reason. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. 
I would agree with that. Yeah, it's been some usual chatter of like snubs and conspiracies and anti-Northern Irish bias and so on that goes around every time this list comes out. I mean, it's a list of 10. You could argue that 10 is even too many. I mean, maybe it should just be five, especially given the way the parameters shake down when you actually get into the room and, and you see how things drop pretty quickly. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a It point. could be in need of a reshuffle, but I'm glad that it's still part of the conversation, that it still generates conversation. And having gone to the night last year, I'll definitely be going again this year on Thursday the 7th of March in Vicar Street. It's a good night out, and I hope that the rightful winner is crowned. So we'll see. What else is going on in the music news world, Craig? Some pretty dark stuff. Yeah, thanks for letting me lead this in. <laughs> and I'm kicking off 2019 with um, Or Kelly. Um, and I guess the good news is it seems like he's very much going down. Um, an investigation has been opened or reopened. But this is all um, off the back of Lifetime six-part documentary series, Surviving Or Kelly, which I saw bits of, which were pretty pretty harrowing just in terms of we knew a lot of this stuff. It was in, not, I was going to say open secret, but it was just open news for years. But it was kind of the details that were coming out in this, which were particularly awful. Yeah, if you know, you've seen some of the documentaries. Yeah. I have watched the first four parts of it, um, and it's probably one of the most distressing things I've ever watched. Yeah. Um, as you said, it's kind of been an open secret that it's like, he's a bad guy, and I knew that, but I actually don't think I realised to the extent and in terms of the protection he was given, yeah. the money involved in terms of protecting him, how systemic it was, how he's still being protected now when it's all these years later. It's it's definitely an issue across the industry, but I think it opened my eyes to probably, I think it's a genre issue as well. And in terms of, I think we're seeing these patterns with other artists and it's kind of being compared to I don't know if people have seen there's been a lot of stuff pulled up about Drake as well and bringing that 17 year old up on stage and he allegedly only went public with his most recent girlfriend after she turned 18 and stuff and it's just all this this insidious attitude we have towards power and giving people power it's I would highly highly recommend everyone to watch it I think Mm. someone told me the full thing is up on Facebook now Um, go watch it it's not an easy watch by any means Um but well worth it. Yeah, it's it's really, I, I've watched the first two episodes of it and yeah, again, w- one of the most kind of difficult things I've had to sit through. I only got through the two because I kept having to pause it and kind of walk away. Yeah. But in terms of it as a documentary, um, I know that the, the Guardian kind of their review of it um, pointed out that there, there's kind of choices to do with like the music in it and stuff that it, I don't know. I, I don't know if it needs to be like the subject matter doesn't need to be dramatized anymore. Mm. Do you know, it's very it's already very kind of harrowing. But in terms of it as a documentary, it's interesting because they've got like clinical psychologists in. They've got child psychologists talking about yeah. it as well as, you know, firsthand accounts of victims, friends of victims, survivors and that kind of thing. It's. It's really difficult to watch, but it's also, it's everywhere in the industry and it's not only in, you know, hip hop, it's been in rock music for a long time as well. Um, And hopefully that this, hopefully this will kind of spark a conversation elsewhere. Um, It very much is. I mean, essentially, uh, Craig was alluding to like it being kind of an open secret or an industry secret or whatever, like. And it totally was to a degree in as much as like 
how often have you read biographies or profiles of Or Kelly or even just retrospectives and they will mention casually that he married a Leo when mm. she was 15. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was that tape during the rounds of him urinating on a 14-year-old. Yeah. yeah. It's just Like South horrendous. Park made jokes about it. Like yeah. it, was, it was a pop culture reference. But it's, just, but it's industry and, and it's still power. still touring. I mean, like, <laughs> it's, it's industry and it's power. It's like, it's, it's Kevin Spacey, it's Harvey Weinstein. It's like, yeah. like a lot of like people who hide in plain sight. And I mean... It's strange how the culture of permission extends beyond how these people operate themselves to media commentators effectively kind of just looking the other way or something. It's strange. I mean, that is changing, which is good. Conversations are being sparked and a police investigation has been opened, I believe, into this one, a fresh one. So we'll see what happens as a result of it. Um, and many people are enjoying getting their digs in on Twitter. I saw one line which was, it's the remix to Conviction. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Excellent like, you know, stuff. like it's a horrible situation, but a pretty good one-liner. So, yeah, yeah fair play. But in uh, much more positive news, guys, uh, and definitely not a representation of people being fickle or anything, is uh, having been cancelled some Early, uh, some two and a bit years ago, Kate Bush has been uncancelled. I never cancelled her. Never. Okay. I always no, believe. Yeah. I don't think you can listen to the song Hounds of Love and believe that she's a Tory. All right. What's the background here, Dre? So, Kate Bush um, was cancelled a couple of years ago <laughs> um, because she di- did an interview um, where she was sort of misquoted as being a Tory supporter. Um, she's come out this week uh, off the back of a, a re-release of was it, it a lyric book and yeah yeah a book of her kind of lyrics has been put out precisely yeah. kind of yeah. that you think Kate Bush would put out like it means of course yeah and something that I'm absolutely going to buy yeah. and have in my house would you have not bought it before this clarification uh, no no like I, I absolutely would have right. she's my queen she's and un- idol uncancelable she's uncancelable so yeah. she basically said isn't it great to see like a woman like Theresa May yeah her? and it seemed yeah. even from like if she was misquoted or it was more out of context I kind of got that vibe from the initial quotes where she was saying I mean she talks uh, you know in her clarification now which has come quite quickly for Kate Bush just two years on she's like I just want to address <laughs> this yeah <laughs> it's getting out of yeah. hand um, but she was saying you know she was just sick of um, Cameron and kind of disenchanted with how the country was going and she basically she'd been asked another question about women in power and she said look it's a good thing that we you know, a general statement about Theresa May and mm. she was kind of get, backing her um, she's since said she's disappointed in the way she's been running the country and she's definitely not a Tory just to clarify so, yep. so she's not a Tory um, Kate Bush, well, what I love about what I love about this is that yeah it is two years later and she's <laughs> She's able to just go away and it's probably only being called to her attention now because she doesn't, like, she's got this reputation as, as a recluse and everything. But I think she's just like, I'm not bothered yeah. with anything that anyone's saying about it me. It also it makes it seem kind of more believable that she's not just trying to be like, oh, people aren't happy with this because she's just like two years later. Yeah, and she doesn't oh, yeah, care what bothered. people That's think the thing. of her. She's like, not saying, no, no, no. She's, she's an artist. She's only concerned about what people think about her work. So yeah. th- I think that's what where this clarification is coming from. She's like, this is overshadowing work that I'm trying to release. Yes, exactly. Fanula, if Yanis uh, from Foles... Oh, don't do this to me. <laughs> ...who didn't release a song that we thought he might release this week, if he announced tomorrow that he was a Theresa May supporter, would you care? Uh, what would it take I'd you to probably cancel? pretend... He feels like I'd a secret Tory to me, I'm not going to lie. pretend that I wouldn't, yeah, but definitely bet, like. internally I would be extremely conflicted. If he said, that's never going to happen. If he said, wow, I mean, we all know the earth isn't round. 
Would you I could get that? more on board with that. That's kind of fun. I'd rather be honest with Pacas as a flat earther than a Tory, like, to be honest. Fair enough. Okay, uh, staying on the political theme, Craig, once again. Cause, cause, no, because this is a Cullum Politics story. correspondent, Craig. <laughs> this is a Cullum Regan story every single day of the week, but he's not here anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And it's kind of Trump adjacent, but far enough away that Please Dave has let this slide. Yeah, yeah use the term like, Trump adjacent. You're not on fucking the last word. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> well, it is actually very much a Cullum story because Phoenix are in it who he adores and we never got to see them because they never rescheduled that gig what is going on unbelievable yeah do you feel like they might come back for a festival yes they have which to. is not the same I'm thing I'm dying to see know, them do Dave, that it's the Olympia Theatre well they have found time to applaud a newly elected democratic represent- representative um, and shared a video of her dancing to their song Listomania in 2010 this video was originally shared by an anonymous um, source online in an attempt, attempt to smear Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez also known as AOC 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 it's such a wrestling chant I love it. Um, Phoenix said congratulations on being the youngest woman ever being elected to Congress um, yeah. which is great news and yeah what a weird clip to, to like think this would take her down just yeah, like some like college students dancing on a roof to a song nine yeah, she's years ago unreal. she's really good at it just, as well yeah. like it's she's so class yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, like, like she moves great she looks great it's, it's a tremendous shot, song it's shot well it's a great song yeah. it's a wholesome video like when I clicked into it I thought it might be like a really cringy um like a, Rebecca Black kind of thing or yeah, or, or just sort of like a low budget cringy college thing and yeah, then the I clicked in and I was like this is unreal it's basically a take off <laughs> of the breakfast club and like yeah. in that yeah. regard it's done pretty well but like this of course has led to a few things it's led to people being like really you thought this was ammunition it's not yeah well, it's, hold on it, it was accompanied by <laughs> like this anonymous Q um, guy I'm guessing it's a guy said alongside it here's America's favourite commie know-it-all <laughs> acting like the clueless nitwit she is yeah, dancing only for clueless <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. but also like I mean there's now and t- communists yeah, there's, there's now, yeah let's clarify there's now a Twitter account of her dancing to different songs because people have just looped that over and it's quite good and then she also like you know I think at the House of Congress wherever it was it, yeah. she was at did a bit of a dance Yeah, and I'm like yeah this is like completely backfired if anything it's made her a lot more popular it totally has yeah it's working her favour I, d- I didn't know who she was before this do. and now I kind of stand her so yeah. yeah in further uh, like let's try and take people down ramifications Mark Jacobs fashion designer might be in trouble should be in trouble because Nirvana have said hey wait a minute man that new Redux grunge collection that you've put out of <laughs> a horrible state of that name shirts oh. jumpers and socks uh, with the squiggly uh, smiley face uh, which looks a lot like the Nirvana thing that's ours please can we have some money and it really like they've got the font the famous Nirvana font the famous Nirvana smiley face but instead of the X's for eyes it has an M and a J which is not quite a unique creation. Craig, you it work is, in the... Yeah, uh, it is so blatant. You work in the advertising know. world now, so... Yeah, I don't know how they thought they would get away with this, to be quite frank. I don't think they ever believed that they would. Oh, okay, so this was just I think it's a, one of those things. publicity stunt. Can I just yeah. say, uh, I, I wrote a story on this uh, over Christmas. Uh, this is us kind of catching up with some news that we may have missed. Uh, the t-shirt in question is €125. Euro. <laughs> Bargain. 125 euros. Have you looked at the rest of the collection? No. no. The state of it. It's really, really bad. Okay. It's bad. Why is it bad? It's it's not even sort of... It's taking elements of grunge fashion that 
aren't even nice like and just layering on the not much of it was to be fair other. like you can you can do a sort of affected grunge outfit and have yeah. it look nice like there was a bit of a in, in fashion there was a bit of a resurgence of it in kind of 2016 ish um, 2019 now Dre yeah, 2019 yeah we're now. over it back in but a simpler like, time when K-Push was a Tory <laughs> <laughs> simple times but yeah this sort of you know appropriation of like DIY culture it's it's been happening since, you know, the dawn of time. It has. And, you know, they, should, they shouldn't get away with it. I, I believe that they never thought they would get away with it and that it's all just a big... Fashion icon Vanilla Jones. Oh, thanks. Festival attendee uh, always puts in a 110% on the outfit game. Aww. Would you rock this stuff? Would you go grunge no, for, for Longitude 2019? Not for that price either. <laughs> I thought it was gas because there's this Instagram account um, on Instagram called Estee Laundry, which is like, it, it kind of exposes all these like shady kind of practices oh, nice. amongst mm. like the beauty industry and the fashion industry. And they were talking about this and you had all these like Nirvana stands in the DMs and one person was like, oh no, it's fine. Kurt would like really like this because it's not like fast fashion or anything. And then loads, <laughs> loads, of, yeah, loads, no, loads of people followed up then being like, no, like he literally, him and Courtney like burned a similar collection in the 90s yeah. because of the appropriation like what the fuck are you talking about and I stay laundry themselves as well were like um, they put it up for like balance but I think they were like what the fuck is I this person talking that's about that's the worst take yeah, like, I, love the idea. I love the idea of someone being like it's what Kurt would have wanted <laughs> they were literally like oh no it's fine like he was totally all for this I was like I don't think so Do you now. remember the Doc Martens thing a few years ago where they did this campaign where it was Kurt Cobain I think it was like Sid Vicious and like Joey Ramone and it was them as angels in heaven with like angel wings wearing yeah. Doc Martens yeah. and it was like Doc Martens are forever no. <laughs> You can't no. take these off and Courtney Love was just like this is just tasteless Yeah <laughs> Okay well, well, let, And let, if Courtney Love is saying it's tasteless <laughs> Kurt Cobain as we know unfortunately is dead uh, much like Much like Cole Marie Much like Regan. And unfortunately, much like uh, there was a double whammy uh, a few days into January when Mean Gene Oakland of wrestling announcer fame passed away at the age of 76. And just a couple of hours later, Craig, a great comedy character actor by the name of Bob Einstein, yeah. who I didn't realize was the brother of actor Albert Brooks, but is most famous for his appearances on Curb Enthusiasm as Marty Funkhauser. Yeah, tremendous, tremendous he comedy actor. He also passed away. An excellent, excellent comic actor. Any Curb fan out there knows and loves this man. Yeah, I had no kind of, I had no idea that he was ill. Um, 76, I believe he was, um, but still seemed in kind of great health. We have and a music doing connection some, here, though. That's yeah, why we're bringing yeah it up. we do. We were fans. Another big fan was Johnny Greenwood of Radiohead. Um, he shared a tribute after hearing the news, said, so sad to hear this. He was amazing in Curb. Greenwood then revealed that he had checked into hotels on the past two Radiohead tours using the name Marty Funkhauser in tribute to his beautifully pitched performance. So subtle and think it was all improvised. I love the way like, he starts riffing. I think it was all improvised. It's like, yeah, the tribute's fine, Johnny. Like, keep it succinct. Move on. What do you think of that, like, rock stars checking in with, like, wacky names? I just, I wouldn't expect Johnny Greenwood to take it. No, I like him much more now and I like him already, but... Yeah, he's just such a gentle soul. It depends on your name. If your name, if you're like ski mask the slump god well then i'm absolutely checking in under steve ski mask the slump god <laughs> like, I mean, like because like why not like, that's, yeah. what, that's what it's there for you, you know, know what tom cruise's is, is what? cage hunt <laughs> which is just like <laughs> what 
Uh, what I, would yours be? Oh, yeah, John McClane. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> no, you, you go right for Kevin McAllister. Kevin McAllister, of course. Yeah, yeah the real Christmas action hero. You're a big Home Alone fan. Did you watch Home Alone over Christmas? Yeah, of course I did. It's, it's Craig's it's favorite stands film. Up. It's not just his favorite Christmas film. It's his of favorite all film. All time. Yeah, it has to be. Is it better but than There Will me- Be Blood? <laughs> <laughs> like. It's better than Heat with Robert Are Tiro. you going to sit here it's and tell me? better than There Will Be Blood by a long shot. <laughs> Is it better than Heat? I don't know. It depends right. on the occasion. Is it better than Blade Runner? Oh, shit. You watched Blade Runner recently with the narration. I didn't watch it because the narration was on. I, I heard Harrison Ford pitch up with his, like, phoned in, Los don't want to be here. 2019. <laughs> it's like, I'm not experiencing Blade Runner this way. Have I you, can't. Has anyone seen Blade Runner with the narration? It's infamously no. terrible. It's Blade Runner year, by the way. It's very good. It's 2019. Was oh, this, yeah. this the, the new... No, 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 the original. So the original oh, Blade Runner, no. uh, basically, there was, like, a theatrical version that has narration on it, and Harrison Ford didn't want to do it, so he phoned it in. And Harrison Ford, being a terrible actor as it is, I mean, like, him phoning it in is never a good thing. He's only really good in Blade Runner because he didn't understand the script. He's, he's <laughs> Yeah. As a movie star, don't get me wrong, and a very handsome one at that. But when yes. it comes to acting, I'm, gl- I'm glad someone said it. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, uh, uh, like absolutely right. I mean, like fair play to him. But I mean, like, but like in Blade Runner, like it's funny because like like he the narration is horrific. Like, at, the, at the end of the film, there's this Dreadful. pivotal moment where like a, a cyborg robot man effectively like saves his life. Uh, spoilers for a film from 1982, yeah. I think it is. Um, and essentially, you know. He like then your man then dies and it was his last act and it's this big moment of symbolism and it's like oh maybe Harrison Ford was the real like, murderer trying yeah. to chase this guy down and kill his friends and then you're like you're, like you're letting this sink in you're like oh it's really beautiful and touching like and it really says a lot doesn't it but in the actual version Harrison Ford's voice just starts going I don't so... know why he saved me maybe he realized that humanity was in fact something that we could share between two and I'm like, for fuck's sake ruin like, any ambiguity maybe yeah, the real so Blade horrendous. Runners were the friends we made <laughs> along the way. Did you, did you blame me would you have watched it? did I blame I'm like, yeah. <laughs> did you blame me? Like, would you watch with the theatrical version? I've watched it for the like for, to see what it was no, like. No, I, I haven't seen it in so <laughs> Dude, long. I bought like, like a DVD of the Steelbook has edition. All the versions, it, it has all yeah. the versions on it back in like 2007. I was yeah. like, I'm gonna watch all these. I'm gonna watch that. <laughs> I'm into this. that. Yeah. Yeah. Shame on Sky Movies. Shame on Axl Rose as well for various reasons that we can't discuss. Some of which you can't discuss because you've had. I've heard things from. Can you say people are gonna want to know what that means? Can you say anything? I once interviewed Johnny Jewel of um, Chromatics fame. Did you say what was happening with Dear Tommy? <laughs> yeah, it was like ready to come out. I believe this was four <laughs> years ago. <laughs> oh God, still waiting. This is the year, I'm confident. But no, he no, told no, me... Um, until, yeah. like, he told me about b- staying in a plush hotel once um, on the floor below Axl Rose and everything else I can't say. It's but true. he was concerned. I'll tell you this, right? I'm not going to go into details. I'll say this though. Craig... Uh, wrote his article and then went into a panic yeah. you've never seen a man it was like running into an episode of the newsroom Craig was like trying desperately to make sure that what he put into the article could be removed Yeah, and you did successfully remove it yeah it was fine and it I was, was like leave it fine, in man because was... I was like leave it in I was like if anyone gets sued it'll be Hot Press and Noel Stokes the editor of Hot Press and then you're like no they probably get me as well and I was like it'd be so come and get me in the night like, so worth it though uh, Buckethead will we'll just, just say up. we'll just say that it was, it was if true very, painted him in a very bad very bad stuff yeah. but painting him in a, in a much brighter and Animated stage. <laughs> oh, very good. Nice. Is uh, Looney Tunes. He's now on Looney Tunes, Craig. As himself. Yeah, he's in an episode of Looney Tunes doing his first new song in over a decade. Yep. Which no one wants. <sighs> right? Do we? No, 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 no. Okay, sorry. Children. 
Yeah, who yes, I'm exactly. Is this target a target audience? audience? Like, yeah. what is happening? Well, the song is called "Rock the Rock," so they're probably trying to snare in the elusive ACDC crowd as well with a with a number of that but, elegance. Like, such a kind of notoriously prickly character that doesn't have a lot of output. How does he end up on something like this? He Money. must be a fan. Money, Money, really? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. So Looney Tunes were like a crack open dump the truck Acme full of bank yeah. vaults. Yeah, no, no, they drove like, a cartoon <laughs> drum, to, drum, drum truck full of money up to his gaff, uh, driven by the Tasmanian devil himself. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't like this. Yeah. I don't like anything about this story. I'm afraid and I'm not going to go near it. I'm going to run away from this story That's as fair. quickly we'll as I can. We'll close off the news section, our jam-packed news section, with some good news. Wayne Coyne of the, the Flaming problematic Lips. Wayne Coyne. <laughs> Wayne Coyne of the Flaming Lips got married in a bubble and we don't just mean some kind of social vacuum situation. In a bubble? He got married in an actual bubble because of course he did. Because he's literally <laughs> perfect and I love him. Is he? <laughs> Is he though? I love him. I love him. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, great. it makes sense. I love how it says the often outrageously dressed coin 57 <laughs> posted a series of pics from the nuptials for which he wore a fairly traditional black suit with glittery gold boots yeah. his bride is 27 years younger than him yeah, I believe she's a friend of Mighty Cyrus who he's collaborated with she's quite still frequently. 27 that's the point I was making the point I was making was you know like if Alan Partridge was announcing this uh, wedding <laughs> he would say cashback or something oh, okay. or... I was surprised there wasn't like gigantic furry animals in the background of photos as well Super so it was animals. actually quite <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah they played Griff was there <laughs> yeah. I like um, that in his tweet of two sentences he has like eight exclamation marks I just think that's real cute good yeah. on you very enthusiastic yeah. congratulations yeah. may they have a long well. and happy life together yeah. you are having a child <laughs> that's, that's how that was announced yeah. yes they got pushy teas you are <laughs> alright later on in the show uh, we will be reviewing the debut album well that's actually not the debut it's against the major label debut I think it's actually yes. your third yeah. album Yeah, uh, it's confusing from Maggie Rogers. We'll be reviewing that album very, very soon. But first, it's Songs of the Week, restored to its original format as second or third segment I'm of feeling the show. good about it, yeah. Yeah, we're bringing Woo. it back. We're, we're going to try and increase the momentum. Cullum's reign of terror is over. <laughs> <laughs> and the album review goes back to the end of the show. All right, Craig. Number Numbers, one okay. and five. Um, hit me up with five, please. It's the one that you chose. It's No Name and Felix with Song 31. To the hands too, got a pack of wolves ready to damage a full moon. The only bitch actually rapping that look like me now, or me out. Kitty just reimagined a freestyle. Damn flooded niggas still waiting for me to reach out. We shadow boxing government, hoping they put the leash down. I sell pain for profit, not propaganda. I know cancer's origins linked to Santa. I know Santa's origins linked to money. Mass production of cattle, a slaughterer for the yummy. These niggas is clever to prison, no better to go to the living. We ain't talking about Reggie on Christmas, we almost forget him. What's a casket to a holding cell if a nigga ain't in it? Only reason why I'm steady fading and still independent. All right, no name. Uh, I think we kind of slept on the album last year. A lot of people were big fans. Yeah, um, Chicago artist released at Room 25 her second record in September of last year. Got rave reviews. Um, I really dug it. I haven't spent as much time as I, as I would like with it, but um, quickly followed up with this kind of Lucy. It doesn't sound like a leftover. It sounds like a kind of what I'm up to now. Um, it's kind of very of the moment. Reminded me quite a bit of like, just in terms of approach of Frank Ocean's Chanel, where it's kind of her celebrating maybe her own sense of artistic independence, talking about the industry as a whole, and just kind of like a catch-up, but a very accomplished, catchy one. Yeah, very much enjoyed this one. It's got pace and momentum. She is compelling. There's a lot of hype better, and I think she quite justifies it. It's a good introduction yeah. to the artist, if you've never heard before. Had either of you ever dipped in before? The last time I was on this podcast, and you you know you did a bit at the end where it's like, what are you listening to now, Fiona? Yeah. I had said this album, um, because I love her. I think everything she does is so like fresh and contemporary. 
Bree. I'm sorry for forgetting that, okay? It's I'm fine. Very, I'm a very busy guy. <laughs> um, no, I just think everything she does is just stunning and it's, it's really hard not to fall in love with her and I'd agree with Craig. She just sounds very confident on it and yeah. very like comfortable in herself and in her sound and that's uh, very nice to hear. Yeah, I'm I've, a massive fan of hers. Um, I loved her first record, loved the record when it came out last year, um, was pleasantly surprised by how kind of strongly she followed up a really, really good start. And I really love this song. I think it's great. I think her flow is unreal. I yeah. think her rhyming's great. I like her kind of layered subject matters. Like her, her a bit, her kind of lyricism reminds me a bit of like a Kendrick Lamar to Pimple Butterfly where you've got something that seems really kind of mundane and ordinary and then it's got this these like layers talking about like institutional racism and love and yeah. everyday kind of things. I think she's an excellent poet and lyricist and she has yet to do any wrong in my eyes. All right, give us a number. One and four. Uh, Giz, uh, three. <laughs> well, it's the comeback we all wanted. Or it is it? should last. Or is <laughs> it? The big one. <laughs> it is, of course, the Brothers Westlife <laughs> with Hello, My Love. I regret this. Fire, I needed something. This is all I wanted to be. You and I. Right, that's Westlife. Oh. Uh, no Brian McFadden, unfortunately. He's off uh, doing weird Twitter cover photos uh, where he appears to be a member of Peaky Blinders while also calling out terrorist <laughs> I organizations about that photo. across the world and generally being a fucking prick. And he's on um, Dance on Ice. Good for him. So essentially, <laughs> he fall. is not involved with this comeback. Now, it is a proper comeback, guys. It's not just a cash grab. That's what they're saying. They're doing two, uh, two nights in Croke Park, a whole bunch of gigs mm. in Belfast, lots of other gigs in the UK. It's back on. They seem excited. They're all smiling in the promo photos. This song is problematic. <laughs> well, it's written by Ed Sheeran. Oh, you're going to so go crazy. Of course it is. Yeah. Um, this is bizarre. <laughs> it really, isn't it? I mean, it's just like unashamedly an Ed Sheeran song, right down to the production. Obviously, the and lyrics. The misogyny. The misogyny. Well, first of all, before we even get to that, this doesn't work as a Westlife song. No. Because the whole lyrical substance of it is that I'm not good enough for you. I'm a bit of a, like, not a great looking guy. I'm a bit paunchy. I'm, like, you know, overweight. <laughs> D- this is a boy band. Yeah. They're supposed like, Have you super seen Keenan? Like, Four. what? <laughs> this reminds me of, like, you know, like, kids' dramas or, I don't know, Shakespeare, where, like, the kind it of reminds nerdy. You of Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. No, 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 keep I'm going. Leaving. I'm leaving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 continue, please. <laughs> Where, like, the jock gets, like, the nerdy guy to write a poem, for, or, mm. like, or is, like, feeding him lines mm. for, like, some girly likes. So it's just, like, Ed Sheeran putting words in Westlife's mouth, which they don't quite understand or get. And, yes, it's deeply problematic. Yeah, music sounds like take that. Fanula Jones, why is it problematic? Uh, deeply problematic is a big exaggeration. Oh, and I would, no, okay. And I'd have to argue as well, you're saying that it, like... 
it like it doesn't sound like a West Side song or whatever. They couldn't come back with what they did in the noughties or like the early or like the nineties. Yeah. They couldn't come back with something like that. They had to do something a bit different. Like it's not it's better than I thought it was gonna be. And I appreciate that some of the lyrics are a bit clunky and whatever. And it essentially is Castle on the Hill by a cheering, but with the lyrics of little things yeah. by One Direction, which are also both co written uh by a cheering. Like <laughs> I enjoyed it. I hashtag banjo banger. The hang first on, one in twenty nineteen. Hang on, lyrics uh, which have been cited by some people very quickly uh, for coming out. I think it's in the first verse. Because uh, you could have someone without a belly or a temper, <laughs> perfect teeth, hair growing where it's meant to. <laughs> you know, my lips are all I can hold against <laughs> you. This is all I'll ever need. You and I, Andrea Cleary, are you sickened? I'm just like, I don't know what this song is for. If if it's for like the old fans, I'm like, right, I can kind of get where you're going. You're sort of talking about like your age and a bit and blah, blah, blah. But it's not good. And I, I appreciate your point, Vanilla, that they couldn't come back with something from the noughties. But like, Take That had one of the best boy band comebacks with Patience. Listen, you're and, and they probably the best comebacks on <laughs> all. Yeah, so but, like, but they, they did something completely different. They acted their age and they didn't get Ed Sheeran to write their song. For, Ed Sheeran's well, they had Gary Barlow. Yeah. <laughs> the man's a genius. Sure, but, and a Tory, actually. But you know what I mean? It's 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 like, is he a Tory? Yeah, he is. Oh, oh, yes, that was me. Also, sorry, can I say, but, I love Craig was like, oh, you can't compare the man who just compared Westlife 2019 to William Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> oh Bill Continue But um, No it's It's not It's neither a good song Nor a good comeback um, It's very weak as a comeback It I is agree, yeah, yeah Yeah It's it, Incredibly clunky lyrics I don't know what they're trying to do With this sort of um, Like oh, I'm punching above my weight Using these kind of colloquialisms That don't work Within a song Format And yeah. I feel like Ed Sheeran Just completely Phoned this one in He probably wrote it In like in the three and a half minutes that it takes to sing the song. I oh, he was like, definitely yeah. like, like realised there was a deadline and he was like, fuck, I need to wax something over. <laughs> yeah, like, and then just sent yeah. over Cass on Hill and it just changed it a bit. Yeah. Like, it sounds like you know the first mean, draft. Yeah, yeah. Do you know that meme yeah. where it's like, oh, can I copy your homework? And I, it's like, yeah, just change it a bit. Like, but it's <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Like, like, he, like, <laughs> rightly compared to Little Things by One Direction, which is problematic. It's that but, same thing. It's like, I love of all of the things you're insecure about. Yeah, but Little Things is a great song. Like, it's a I'll say this. If you want to do a thing where you like where you where you reduce, you know, like your like the love of your life to like, you know, the, the bare minimum or whatever, uh, no one said it better than Drake when Drake said oh, <laughs> Sweatpants Sweatpants, hair tied, chilling with no makeup on. That's, that's when, when you're the, the prettiest. prettiest. I, I hope, hope that, that you don't take, take it wrong. wrong. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that was sublime, guys. Incredible. <laughs> and by the way, uh breaking nineteen seventy five news oh. <gasps> uh, for the gig that we're about to go to. Some fan has found their catering menu of what they're eating today. Oh, oh my Christ. God. Do you want the options? Yes. yes. Their dinner options for the 1975 on this tour, uh, which says here is running from 2018 to 2020, so I assume it's going to incorporate the other albums coming out this year. Dinner is Irish stew with homemade soda bread. Yum. Roast chicken with peppercorn sauce, buttery mash, and fine beans. Oh, that sounds mm. good. You've also got pan-fried sea bass with crushed new potatoes, salsa verde, and tender stem broccoli. <gasps> is the only oh. vegan option there tender stem broccoli the fourth option on this list is spice baked cauliflower with a Mediterranean buckwheat salad yes and the fifth option is it? roast tomato and burrata filled pasta with basil <sighs> butter slow roast cherry toms and parmesan that was a stunning pronunciation of burrata yeah. thank yeah, you very much well, well listen, listen no one said they didn't have taste but <laughs> 
Back to problematic music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's get back to the music. There's three songs left. You got number one, number two, or number four, Fanula Jones. We'll go for two, I think. Yes, we will. It's Dermot Kennedy. He's back with For Island, Fires and Family. In a full room, I'm the only one she's smiling at. So wouldn't you let me know if you were thinking less of me? That's what she asked me, what was promised, what we both agreed But truthfully, if you ever go, you drop me straight to hell The seventh circle and I was talking with you earlier We were open and vulnerable, it was wonderful I, I used to dream that you would talk to me So, Dermot Kennedy, very, very popular Dublin troubadour and uh, like very busy man. I, I don't know how he manages to also date Fanula Jones at the same time. <laughs> Wait, like, the two of us are just flat out, like, you know what I mean? As has been very established busy. by Fanula a lot this week, he is, quote, my boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, so, essentially, yes. Dermot Kennedy, this is a live favourite, this track. There have been other versions of it existing. Uh, he actually shot one with friend of the show, Christian Tierney, some time ago. And a lot of fans have been waiting for a proper studio version of this as he works on his album. He's kind of been drip-feeding singles quite a bit over the last year or so. He uh, was named on BBC Sound of 2019 list. He's got a bunch of gigs coming up, including yet more sold-out shows at home. He was recently added to the fucking Coachella lineup. would you believe? It's it's all happening for the man. Uh, I've previously stated before I am a fan of him. I, I fear that he might be straying into more commercial territory, which is what happens when someone is growing as a pop artist. I've always liked this song, though, live. I think it's a really good song. I'm a big fan. Craig, I'm not sure you're on board, are you? How must it feel to be a bird? And he immediately lost me, the opening line. He did find me again, though. I have to say, it was a grower over kind of repeated plays because I was not digging it. Whatsoever. I think it's got one of the most beautiful con- conclusions in any of his songs. I think it builds to a really yeah, winsome finish. It starts off quite slight and I, I had problems with the lyrics. I just f- felt that it was a bit sixth form poetry. It actually improves drastically lyrically. It becomes kind of more conversational. I actually really like the sentiment. And yeah, when the rhythm kicks in, when the rhythm kicks in, (laughs) (laughs) we get some bass. It kind of ebbs and flows in a really nice way. And yeah, it does kind of resolve itself well. So it's grown on me. It wouldn't be my kind of thing. But yeah. Dre, is is he more Bonnie Vare or more Ed Sheeran on this? I think he's more Ed Sheeran on this. Mm. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I... I wasn't grabbed by this. Um, I was sort of lost at the beginning as well. I didn't like that the first lyric in it was an incomplete sentence. That's sort of a pet peeve of mine. Um, and yeah, it it his voice is incredible. Like there there were moments on it where I was like, Jesus, you know this this is a bit this is a bit of something. But as as a song, I just I can't pinpoint what my faults are with it only that I found it hard to connect with Vanilla you've contained your rage for approximately yeah, two minutes sorry sorry um, <laughs> no offence to your fellow sorry I I obviously really enjoy this and the brand of what he does but I can understand why people are a bit like mm, and kind of rip the piss because I think that whole poetic aspect of what he does can kind of wear a bit thin I was a bit surprised not a bit surprised because I can understand from a fan perspective that he ended up doing a studio version of this because I have other friends who would probably consider themselves even bigger fans of him and they were like oh my god I'm so I'm so excited I don't have to listen to this on YouTube anymore mm. and I was kind of like eh, I could probably take or leave this song like I prefer when he 
does that kind of more modern contemporary R&B production stuff okay. and I'd love to see more of that from him this is the one I've wanted for a very long time this is when Dottie and I went to see him in the Olympia Theatre and like during the set and like don't get me wrong I understand where Craig's saying the sixth form poetry thing I mean there is definitely some kind of like you know like it, it's not in the most subtle of lyrics of all time but I did find like when he says you know when I'm face to face with death you know I'm going to grab him and fucking ask him how does it hurt Dottie and I like looked at each other and we were oh, like and we were too. like, and we were like oh Jesus Christ yeah, like because yeah. it does have that thing if you've gone through any kind of fucking like you know, close to the bone heartbreak, you're like, fucking hell, he's, he's got it. And it doesn't have to be. It doesn't need to be, like, drent, like like dressed up in Westlife style poetry. I mean, like, we can have... <laughs> yeah. Not everyone is a Westlife. <laughs> it's a high bar. You know? Yeah, I mean, like, it's a relatable sentiment, and that's kind of what he trades on. It's one of the reasons why his fans are so, I guess, enamored by him, because mm-hmm. they graft themselves onto him. He's, he's, he's projectionable. And uh, the video for this is actually very impressive as well, shot by Brendan. I'd really like to... Big Brendan s- Canty. To see him... I, I've never seen him live and I'd like to see this song live to see does it affect me differently it is, it's yeah. excellent yeah. Live. Yeah. Yeah. Because he, I do, he's I, fantastic live the audience yeah. I have an issue with but that's yeah. Yeah. yeah can I just say that I think it was a bit cheeky of him to release that compilation thing almost it looks like, like an album but it's it not looks an like album. an album yeah, and it's yeah. all songs that if you were any bit familiar with him you're going to know at least it literally was 60% like here of are it. all of my okay. songs to date in a playlist but cheeky yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then knowing full well that he's absolutely releasing an LP later on I was just like a bit rude maybe we're getting all new material and he's just like you know being like here's the first part of it and now the rest is happening soon maybe he's wanting to get this out of the way maybe, maybe. it won't be on the album you yeah. can bring it up during the pillow talk I absolutely will okay speaking of pillow talk it's D'Angelo yes <laughs> Have you seen where that crossroads? Where you been? Where you been? I once was standing tall. Now I feel my backs against the wall. Stand and shake up. That's right, it's D'Angelo, with a track that appeared on Red Dead Redemption 2, a game that dropped in early November, I believe. Uh, I bought that game. No spoilers, please, because I haven't... F- oh, you have it? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've I, no, no, I, I've, It's a very... A lot of people have said it's a very, very immersive game. To the no point. spoilers past the first 20 minutes of it, where you're just walking with yeah. the horse. Oh, no, it's a walking simulator all day long. It's a very atmospheric, beautiful-looking game. A lot of people said that it ain't that much fun, and I kind of am on that team. However, like I've, I stopped playing it because I got Hitman 2, which is a much more quick fire game yeah. and I also love it it's a really intricate mm. clockwork puzzle type game which I love I will go back to Red Dead Redemption it, it does swallow you with incredible atmosphere uh, so I haven't actually gotten to the stage of the game where this song comes up and I wonder okay. if it's going to be like Jose Gonzalez in the first game where at a pivotal moment halfway through the game it comes in and takes you over and it's a beautiful moment but it did surface in that there was talk of it and now he's released it officially the song is called Unshaken and it is uh, peppered with kind of western style yeah. uh, any more county style kind of things which isn't the most D'Angelo thing you might ever Feels expect Feels like he was working to a brief for sure I think he pulls it off he does. He can, you know. Well, he's, can, he's very, yeah. He's very kind of versatile. Uh, I like him kind of doing that low register thing. It's not the stuff we really want from him, I guess. But it's still a great song. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really good. I yeah. know what you're saying. Like, I mean, it does feel like soundtrack work. It does feel like he was. He got some notes, but again, I mean, it's unexpected, and it 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 manages to convey the message. I guess. What do you yeah. guys think? I think it's delicious. I Again, love. I <laughs> love this. It is. It's absolutely gorgeous. He sounds great. 
it just it has a real kind of meandering you just sort of sink into it I think it's gorgeous I'm really really mad about it and it's inspired me to actually you know sit back down and play the game and not just watch people playing it on YouTube um yeah it's I can't fault it uh def- definitely worked to a brief but did it very well yeah. Yeah, I thought it was a bit of a curveball as well, but in like the best possible way. It's just so like just expansive and warm and, and just so enveloping. And I loved it. I thought it was really, really good. Yeah, I guess, I guess in fairness, he has been incorporating guitar a lot more into his stuff of, uh, I was going to say of late, in that one album he released in the last 15 years <laughs> or whatever. Sorry. But yeah, he's kind of gone a rocky semi-folk direction to an extent it's reminding me a lot of like Dylan's kind of comeback stuff in Stop the it. 90s yeah. this is like it's, it's very similar to a great song called Love Sick which you like should Dylan. check out Dave it was you released also, in the 90s so you can listen to it you should also check out you should also check out uh, if anyone didn't for whatever reason because I went back to it off the back of this track D'Angelo's tribute to Prince when Prince passed away oh, yeah. he performed Sometimes It Snows in April on a talk show I think it was I can't watch that anymore he starts crying he, like, he breaks hard. down during it and Maya Rudolph picks up the vocal and it's an astonishing moment it's of, absolutely of, incredible. of empathy and emotion. And it's amazing. And he's amazing. So yeah, yeah good to have him. There's one track left. It's by Sharon Van Etten. I've been calling Sharon Van Etten Sharon Von Etten for like my whole life. And I, and I was like, and I hope I haven't spelled it wrong. Like this week I had this weird kind of moment where I was like, have I always been saying Von? Why have I been saying Von? It just rolls off the tongue a bit better. I was I don't saying know. it too. Oh my God. Sharon Van Etten, I think, believe it is. This is the second track of her upcoming album. She's playing Dublin soon. The track is called 17. should note before we get to this track that uh, Aoife Barry of The Journal wrote a really elegant piece this week about Dublin and how Dublin is changing and I guess how she was kind of having these thoughts about her city while she was listening to this song on release day. It's a really beautiful little piece if no one has checked it out. Go do that. Really good writer, really great piece and it is a song that evokes I think uh, a melancholy and a wistfulness. Uh, She's very good at that of course. Mm. The first track off this Comeback Kid was a lot more propulsive. This is a lot more introspective. Andrea Cleary, did it work for you? Completely. I, I absolutely adore this. This is my, my favourite track that came out this week um, or uh, of late. It's actually my track of the year so far. And my <laughs> my, fa- my favourite song, <laughs> uh, my favourite song of the year last year came out within the first 10 days as well. So I'm like, Which hmm, one was that? Uh, it was Flowers by Maya Sophia. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Excellent yeah. song. Yeah, um, yeah I, I absolutely love this. I love the kind of spin of like, I, I feel like a, a lot of people do nostalgia and looking back at, you know, your past self and kind of pining for your younger days but this has such like a a positive spin on it like there's positivity in the fact that she's now gained experience she's older now she's celebrating her growth she's Mm. celebrating aging she's looking forward as well looking at kind of the person that's going to be looking back at her I think it just it transcends kind of time and her own relationship with herself in such a an elegant way um and then it just it sounds like Bruce Springsteen and it's so good uh, yeah absolutely love it yeah it had shades of kind of boxer era the national to me uh, i think it's fantastic like she's it's a tribute i think to new york and also her talking to her younger self two things which 
generally don't work that well in song like they're really hard things to pull off just because mm. they seem kind of tried at this stage and it's almost like New York is a character in <laughs> the film you know what I mean you know? yeah yeah <laughs> but it's so good and her vocal is insane on it it's just kind of total commitment it's I think it's maybe the best thing she's done I'm really excited about yeah. the album yeah this has made me really want to see her live because it's all mm. my friends who have seen her talk about um, just really touched me in a way that I didn't expect her to I suppose having moved around so much myself and having that kind of lived in experience and that's what it kind of sounds like it sounds lived in and as Dre said it's kind of it's unusual to have that nostalgia element without it being somber mm. and it, yeah. this still is that still has that but with that kind of positive spin it's really unique and I loved it track of the year and now we will move <laughs> on to our album of the week it's our first album review of the year it's out next week it's Maggie Rogers heard it in a past life and it sounds like this but everything kept moving and the noise got too loud With everyone around me saying You should be so happy now Oh, you keep preaching And I keep coming back But if you're gone for good Then I'm okay with that And if you leave the light on And I'll leave the light on Maggie Rogers, we talked about her on the show before. Craig Fitzpatrick, a primer, please, for anybody who may not know who she is. Um, American artist who kind of came to public attention when Pharrell did a bit of a, I guess, masterclass in um, NYU's kind of, uh, I'm not sure what the course was, but it was music related. Um, So he basically listened, it was like a half an hour long video, it was uploaded to YouTube of him listening to the students' tracks final track was from Maggie Rogers and Pharrell sat there and listened to it and seemed to be like he was kind of crying. He had like an epiphany. Yeah, yeah. It was like Jonathan Ross when Razorlight came on the yeah. show. Yeah. And they played, yeah, and they played to Wire to Wire. Which is, um, and he said it was like a horse with no name. Horse with no and he cried. Yeah, it was like exactly the same thing. Not as good a song as Wire to Wire but what is? I mean like. Um, I rewatched that clip this week and so I found did, yeah. it so hard to look at Pharrell's face for that amount it's of time and like she is sitting there listening to her own song as well which can't have been easy and she's like dancing kind of along to it and looking at him and he's got this weird grimace for a lot of it yeah. which looks like he hates he, it yeah he does yeah um but anyway she talked there he, he said he had no notes whatsoever she was doing her own unique thing he started talking about the wu-tang clan and rambling it was you know like when i love a song um and <laughs> And from there, she released an EP. Mm-hmm. Um, she also talked about how she had kind of folk, uh, a folk background, but she had this epiphany in France and she was going a kind of dance route. And we've been waiting for the full length um, fruits of that. I guess. And now we have it. Yeah. Uh, musically, definitely in the kind of American pop vibe, obviously. I mean, like comparisons to Haim probably mm-hmm. are going to come off the back of this album. But for me, it's a superior vintage of that. Um I think she's very compelling. I I think that like of the twelve tracks here, I was never bored. 
Uh, it's interesting because like she's put on like on and off which is a single that came out at the start of 2017 yeah and like, alaska's on there as well which is the track in question yeah, both of those yeah. yeah both of those are on the ep and they've obviously like come around a long time ago it raises the question it's kind of like a kavinsky night call situation where you're like well i mean like maybe you should put on your calling cards i mean like for me it doesn't necessarily disrupt the album or nothing but you'd wonder like i mean is that a case of like major label get it on there it's marketable etc they don't feel radically different to me in terms of the takes but they are really really good songs um there's really good songs across this record like um and I, I think you know generally the kind of the pop that she's doing here it's very specifically not reinventing the wheel mm. um it's a really good first statement as an artist i wonder if i expected more what do you think Fanula Jones? i was the exact same um i actually had my own i listened to it and then i had my own impressions of it and then reading up on it and hearing that this was like i know this is her first major label one but hearing this is her third album I was kind of like, oh, okay. I thought because it is her third that there would be kind of a more solid identity to it. Um, I still think there's a lot of good stuff and I think there's definitely potential to be great. But yeah, I just thought, I think she has different ideas of herself going through and then she goes back to some of them and I feel like some bits feel unfinished or a bit hurried. Um, As I said, I still think they're minor issues and I think they probably will like iron themselves out. For me, there's a weird thing going on with this album where it's almost like she's got, she's on a tightrope but there's a very visible safety net beneath the tightrope. I went back to, she was on Saturday Night Live towards the end of last year and I think when she played Light On, which is the song that we heard there leading us in, which is a really uh, expansive and fun chorus, she's really nervous, or at least it comes across that way, um, in the intro and the verse, and only until she gets to the chorus does she seem comfortable. Um, and it's strange, because like on this record, she's pretty much comfortable throughout, um, but it does feel a little bit A to B, a little bit kind of like connecting jigsaw pieces in together. There's nothing inherently wrong with this. Um, and some of the standards here, I think, are quite excellent. I mean, a, a song like Say It, I think, is fantastic. So I, good. I, I it's like, it really reminds me of, um, do you know Nelly Furtado's Loose? You, that's oh, like yeah, probably one yeah. of my favourite pop albums of the noughties. It's really like such a cool like R&B like pop chorus and mm-hmm. it's so different to everything else in the album that it's almost like a little bit jarring but not too jarring. It was just such a nice, really fresh change of pace in comparison to the others. I think Overnight is stunning as well and like a real earworm of a chorus and I loved the dryness of the lyricism that I don't think she captures as well on other songs. That's, yeah, that's probably my standard. There's just track. a strange kind of hermetically sealed thing going on here that I can't quite put my finger on. Dre, as a musicologist, <laughs> uh, am I even close to this, or like, what did you think? Um, so I went into this sort of expecting and hoping to hear um a lot of her, her kind of folk background, and I did hear it, and not where I expected to, and that's what I love about the album. I feel like there's really kind of. Di- sometimes very deep in the mix there's these kind of it's similar to what she did with with Alaska in the in that first track um where it's almost like field recordings and she's using the natural world and this kind of organic soundscape to play with beats and to play with these kind of syncopated rhythms i'm thinking particularly on burning um i think she does really really interesting stuff with the perc- with the percussion there um and yeah, I, I feel like the the songs themselves are straightforward pop songs, but it's like she's arranging them with these like twigs and, you know, all these organic materials that she's found in the woods. And 
they they sound proper, they sound like the rest of things, but it's just made with this sort of, I don't know, or organic kind of stuff um, that I think is gorgeous. I think Falling Water is a f- absolutely beautiful song that I was properly, specifically the, the outro of it, it didn't need to be there. Uh, it's one of the longest songs in the album. It didn't need to be there and it was there and I was properly like affected by it. So but yeah, you, it's great. Are you saying she's accomplished what Justin Timberlake set out to do with Man <laughs> of the Woods <laughs> about this time last year and failed spectacularly? Justin oh, Timberlake's still out there rubbing sticks together like trying to start a fire. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, like I would agree to an extent uh, um, when she does that kind of thing and gets inventive and kind of really explores her music, explores her musicality. What a horrible phrase. You're having a great episode, Craig. <laughs> but like on a track like Alaska, I think, yeah, that's tremendous. I don't know if she does it enough here and I don't know if I'm seeing any progression really from where she's been the last it couple of years. It does kind of feel like the same song across like at least half the album. I mean, which again, it's a good song. Yeah, but I kind of feels like she's traveling with the stabilizers on like there's a sense that she's you know trying to find her place in the pop landscape rather than like finding her actual voice um you know when pharrell was talking about her being a very singular artist i'm not really hearing a lot of that he- here it's like it could be savannah so imagine dragons kind of stuff it is that hermetically sealed thing as you said and there are moments where she uh, really captures that. Falling Water is great. Retrograde, I thought, worked yeah. really well yeah. Yeah. Um, with that kind of oscillating guitar thing. Yeah. Um, I like when she brings guitar Yeah, like into that kind of banjo background I wish she explored more. I don't think like the keys and like the, like, the piano does her any favours. It's a yeah, bit too I anonymous think, or something. I it's, think studio-wise, I know Dre is making the point that it does sound like it was cobbled together. Well, not cobbled together, but like kind of woven together with, you know, unique kind of... Organic know, materials. Yeah, which is true. But also there is a bit of a studio Polish Sheen in there as well which I wonder is it a little bit too generic uh, when it comes to expressing oneself like I mean I found myself yesterday while listening to it at one stage wishing that I I was listening to these tracks but recorded by a live band like a, like, like mm. a very obvious live band in a room together and not just like what feels like a producer you know picking presets or something I'm not saying that's what happened I'm saying that that's what the execution has kind of put into my brain I don't know I think, I think that kind of brightness in the production to me um, just sounded like she was in, <laughs> like she was speaking through the music or speaking through the production like she was enjoying layering all these sounds a little bit like ADR in a movie where it's almost like you can picture her going into the vocal booth which of course is how it's done but mm. like and like everything else is done and here's I do. the felt here's separate the track. from the music a lot of times yeah she feels yeah. separate from the music um, yeah that's a better way of putting it than what I was trying to say yeah it feels kind of very like 50s like starlit going into studio where it's like the band have gone home for the day here's the guide track just do it and it's like mm. there was more room for ex- exploration I think and experimentation here than there is it's very accomplished it's very enjoyable but I, I, I hate calling an album pleasant well what it, like is it that she's what's the problem because she's obviously a great musical talent so why does she feel out of remove at times from her own music is she like second guessing herself is she trying to make it's safe to appeal to a certain market like mm. it's for a degree of it just feels cynicism like, it feels no it feels like colouring inside the lines whether it's a fear or not I don't quite know as Fanula kind of alludes to you think three albums in regardless of who this album is for you expect a little bit more kind of of your own stamp or something uh, I haven't seen her live I think she's playing soon I want to go uh, I, I, I find her quite compelling I, I like to clarify I think this is a really good album mm. but I wanted it to be a great one I yeah, wanted, I'm and, and I thought it might be when I heard like because like well, I'll say this 
it's immediate, which is which I really appreciate. Like straight away, I was like, "Yep, yeah, I'm into this. This mm. is good. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to have to fight to get into this yeah. album. Uh, um, it's definitely going to be one I will I, I will stick with. It's got but a fantastic run at the beginning. It's like, got a great run. Like oh, yeah. so good. Pacing, or pacing is really really or strong. Five on it. huge, you know, pop songs right off the bat. Yeah, it all works. But like the more I listened to it, the more I kind of felt like, yeah, I can't go great with this I'd love to hear what this album would have sounded like if it wasn't released on a major label I think yep. that she would have played I I think that the things that I like in the album that kind of organic nature of it um, I would have I would like more of that I think the album could have been a little bit shorter as well if if I'm just like kind of it's 12 tracks give me 10 give me 10 yeah yeah there's yeah I, I can take two off this I think um, but you know good just on the subject that you were saying there of why she might have phoned it in a little, 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 little or didn't uh, go as far as she could have, I definitely do think it was a fear. If you consider how Alaska kind of grew a life of its own and took on legs or whatever that expression is, I think it was like the key examples. I think Give a Little, she could go further on the chorus and similarly in Back of My Body, it just kind of sounds like she was just looking to tie something up. Mm. But again, yeah, like a good album and I wanted it to be great and there is so much more potential there and room for her to explore herself. Do you think she was thinking like what would Pharrell like or what would Pharrell <laughs> do? Maybe not even <laughs> Pharrell but I definitely think obviously with the major label I think yeah. there's more pressure where it's like okay do Alaska again but 12 times. Yeah. And if you go back to any of her earlier stuff and all that Americana influence I struggled to hear it in a lot of places here and while I was appreciative of this more pop sound a part of me is like back a small bit and mm. bring back what people know you for a little bit more and just yeah, even out that she balance. she seems to have a pretty good personality. I mean, there was the infamous tweet around Electric Picnic where she didn't name the DJ, but she was interviewed by an Irish DJ. Oh. And she was like, I was interviewed by an Irish DJ and all they asked me was, what's Pharrell like? And do you have a boyfriend? And it was like, <laughs> can I hug you or something? And oh. like, I, no, we, we still know who, who that was. But uh, I'd be interested to find out. Uh, she seems like a really interesting person, an interesting personality. I do feel a little bit like that this was like, a f- I, I don't know, I was going to compare it to like a friendly match, but that's very unfair. It's a really fucking good album. I wanted a great one. It's a 7 out of 10. I wish it was an 8. Craig? Um, I wouldn't be quite so generous. I think it's like there's, <laughs> she's doing stuff really competently in the kind of pop realm, but it's stuff that other people are doing a lot. When she kind of, does her own thing she's spectacular particularly on that run from like Falling Water to Burning it'd be a 6 out of 10 for me Fiona Jones I'd probably have to say the same 6 um, yeah because I found the first half of the album really strong and then I think other other tracks just bleed into each other and it just wasn't memorable enough for me and it didn't leave enough of an impression um, I'd like to see her live um, and I would like to see this album live but yeah it's probably a 6 for me though Dre um, I think she took really interesting raw material and wove it into some pretty bang and bop tunes, pop tunes rather. Um, it's a 7.5. Okay, very good. Mm. Good balance. Yeah. All right, first album of the year out next week. Check it out. Uh, has anyone been listening to anything else of note either this week or over Christmas? I've heard the new Talos album, which drops Ooh. in the first week of next month. We'll definitely be talking about that more in depth, but mm. I will say I'm very impressed by it so far. Some very good cinematic flourishes. And if anybody missed, uh, he just played the second single off 
off it. But if anyone missed the first single, a song called See Me that came out a couple of months ago, do go back and check that one out because that is definitely more in the mold of this. It's big pop and quite interesting with some kind of 80s inflection along the way as well. And uh, also today I got the new Lost Under Heaven album, which is coming out very soon next week, I believe. Craig and I will be discussing it. Craig and I will be discussing it in depth in the studio next week with no Cole Morrigan to get in our way, essentially. (laughs) We're free! 2019, baby! When the cat's away. We miss you, Cole. He's not listening. He's he's very busy. Being dead. Craig, what else have you Um, I've been listening to Marlowe, the debut album uh, from Marlowe. It's a rap duo released last year. Uh, it's the producer Larange, who's great if you like that kind of vinyl crate diggery stuff. Um, with Solemn uh, Brigham, who is a rapper, and if you like Mad Villainy and old school kind of just bars on bars, it's great. I was cleaning my room the other day and put on my taste breakers or taste makers podcast that are not podcast playlist that Spotify generate for you at the end of the year. And this guy called Dijon came up. He's from Maryland and has an unnervingly similar vocal to Frank Ocean. Um, I've been loving him at the minute. He hasn't released anything long form, but I'm hoping for something in 2019. It's a very nice brand of like acoustic R&B, like throwback nostalgia. It's just nice. It's really like inviting. Um, I've gone back to um, The Woods by Sleater Kinney uh, because the news came out that St. Vincent uh, may or may not be producing the new album in 2019. So, so exciting. Gone back to that album which I adore and been enjoying that very much. Very good. Thank you so much for helping us kick off season four of No Encore. You. Yes. Woo. Uh, Woo. Come on, Dave. <laughs> no, I was going to plug, I was going to plug their stuff. Vanilla has just started oh. a new podcast it's called Bandwagons. Yes. Yes. It's real good. It's called Bandwagons. Oh, Once again, it's called so Bandwagons. Good. Go check it out. What's it about, Vanilla? Um, we basically talk about all the other things that people are talking about um, and all the uh, trends you need to get on board with or potentially not um, we put out an episode every Tuesday every two weeks okay cool. you can get it at your Twitter account at Vanilla J yeah and also a Bandwagon's official Twitter account as well. Yes. Andrea Cleary of course you should also follow Vanilla on um, Instagram because she does good stories I do occasionally thank you good Dre. stories yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> Rude! Dave's already got his bag on. Andrea Cleary, uh, of course, co-host of the Nine Nine Podcast, yes. which will be returning very soon. Yes, we are back next week. All right, you hyped? I'm very hyped. Uh, we're gonna listen to some music and then we're gonna talk about it. It's it's groundbreaking. It's tried and tested format. Uh, like, yeah, I mean, it fairness. comes out every Thursday or Friday, depends when we record. Very good. Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah, so no encore is back, back, back. Uh, <laughs> Zahi Odroni has said that he will be on next week's episode. But oh, it's, really? But it's one day after yeah, he gets no, back he from Sri Lanka. He's can't not that on it, guys. No, no we can't not. do that. So I'm not promising him. It might just be me and Craig. It probably will just be me and Craig. That's all we need, buddy. We'll see what happens. Uh, yes, before we go, this episode of No Encore, like every episode of No Encore, it was engineered by our sonic architect, Eve Murray, who thankfully has not left us. Uh, she's still with us. And, Thank Christ. Uh, Eggs and music. <laughs> Eggs music for this week. New Irish music, as always, chosen by Craig Fitzpatrick. Yeah, this is Kilnamana. They're an Irish-Spanish duo who came together musically in Berlin, but they're named after the area near Tala, I believe, where they met as primary school kids. Uh, they've released a well-received debut album already. They're preparing a follow-up.
Cup for released this year and they're aiming to create the best music for playing football in paradise. Does that sound cool or pretentious to both. you, Dave? Cool. <laughs> can be both. Their smooth electronic pop has been making waves on the continent, which is tough because a lot of those countries are landlocked. Um, <laughs> they've Great. blown the roof off the likes of the Grand Social. <laughs> Did you write this? Kill the Cool um, is the track. Um, it's a taste for what's come. If you like the likes of the XX, you'll probably enjoy this. Okay. So check it out. Very good. It is a really good song. I really like it. Okay, so my name is David William Hanratty. This has been No Encore. There will be no encore. See you next week. Podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Enjoy! Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot, Neil. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. 
Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.